everyone to Mess of It as the podcast where we talk about sex, love, body image, masturbation, kink, mental health, feminism, and everything else that comes up. I'm here with Kate Barron. Hello. How are you doing? Yeah, so good. Very good. Uh, you're a comedian. Yes, I am. Do you want to tell us a bit about yourself? Uh, My I... name is Trista Silver, and I always forget this, <laughs> but you should know by now. Uh, I'm a Canadian comedian. I moved to the UK in March of this year. Mm-hmm. Started comedy in the UK, or sorry, in Canada. I was born in Vancouver, moved to Toronto, lived in Toronto the last six years, uh, and then moved over here. And now just trying to hustle and do my thing and become a comic. And, cool. Yeah, and I talk a lot about sex and dating and relationships and all of those things on stage that make people like kind of squirm and giggle and laugh and, and feel uncomfortable. Very good. <laughs> Which is the purpose of comedy. Well, it's the best. It's yeah. fun, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. To play with the audience. And I think that's the kind of comedians I like that that are so honest that people go, oh, oh, that's not, I didn't come here to find stuff out about myself. Yeah. I wanted to laugh. But I think the coolest kind of comedy is when you actually get into people's heads and in a way make them squirm. But I think the squirm usually means they recognize themselves totally that, that's you, you hear that a lot in comedy you don't want everyone to be on your side but you don't want everyone to hate you either you yeah. kind of want half the audience to go that's amazing hilarious i love it and the other have to go oh my god because yeah, then yeah, they're yeah. going you're you're starting maybe a conversation or a thought process or yes. something and the biggest response i get is honestly from middle-aged I'm assuming mostly like straight white men. Okay. And they come up to me and they go, holy sh-, especially in the UK. They go, I have never heard a woman speak like that. Wow. In my life. I've never heard a woman talk like that. They're like, that was hilarious. Uh, I, I, and one guy, he was like, I feel like I was hit by a truck with what you said. It's like, that was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Do you know uh, other specific parts you think that that pertains to? The specific parts about a female comedian talking about I think- a certain thing you talk about that would hits men like a truck I think, think I just talk about it in like a super confident way yeah I'm not apologizing I, yeah I'm there. not exactly yeah. not at all apologetic for what I'm saying and I'm and I'm just going this is how it is yeah this is how we're having just this really open dialogue yeah. and open conversation and I talk with with a lot of just sort of certainty and confidence yeah. and I think and honesty and I think that yes. alone goes like oh fuck because like especially and I mean, I'm, you know, generalizing, but especially over here, there's sort of this like modesty or this pretense yeah. where women have to, even comedians, they kind of skirt around the issue sometimes and they kind of like allude to it. Or even if they say the word cunt, they'll be like, oh, you know, like, oh, is that okay? And then I'm just like. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of like being funny, but still saying sexy is, I think, a thing for female comedians yeah. that male comedians don't have. Yeah. I, I don't know why, but I feel like you still have to be fuckable as a woman where men Ugh, just are. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. If you get, men like, can totally like laugh their way into a woman's bedroom. Yeah. yeah where yeah. or whoever's bedroom that <laughs> they want to get into. Um, but there is this thing where I get a lot of like, <laughs> like I'll get guys be like, nice one, bro. And like hit me on the shoulder. I'm like, Cause fuck. It's, as soon as it's too <laughs> funny, it's a bit like, oh, you can't be. Yeah. You, you're not. Yeah. You're not in the selection criteria anymore, right because kind of it's just Obviously, the madonna whore is, complex right yeah yeah exactly and you just become the whore on stage exactly yeah. and that's funny but that's not sexy because it's you're not supposed to be funny and loud that's not exactly. your job um and i feel like they get really confused and obviously this is a huge generalization yeah and that's not and and you know it's it's uh talking stereotypes but i think on a general level what as a society women are told to be is not loud yeah uh, oh, open of honest funny yeah yeah like basically be small yeah don't make 
too much of a sound, like literally small and figuratively small. Yeah. And don't be, you know, don't have too loud a laugh. Like I've never heard a man told off about how loud they laugh. Yeah. Or a boy. Yeah. And that You're happens so often. You're a hundred fucking percent right. You know, like I have this loud cackle. Yeah. No one's ever told me otherwise. Like no yeah. one told me to laugh differently. But then you suddenly see people looking because it's just. I laugh oh, as I've loud been told. I've been I've been called out with another comedian, Kate Davis. She's hilarious. She's a Canadian and British comic. Yeah. And uh, we were in a cafe together, and we were laughing and like having a good time. She's having a great time and like yeah. ha- you know whatever, having a good chat. Some guy goes, "You two are so loud. Can you keep it down?" And we're like, "Go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> How about you go to a fucking library yeah, if you want yeah, silence, yeah. you piece of shit." Jesus and he went, and he Can just kept staring fun at right us. Right now, seriously, and I, and he was staring. He's like, "You're just being so loud," and we're like. G- great go get a fucking life go jerk yourself off behind the cafe yeah, and go yeah. home Why like so who hurt you yeah exactly exactly <laughs> who did this to you yeah so but that's totally true women are told to like shush and keep small yeah. and everything and then comedy embodies everything a woman shouldn't be right yeah. opinionated loud yeah. aggressive confident larger than life owning the space yeah. controlling the room yeah so it's like kind of the antithesis of everything like women are supposed to be yeah, yeah, yeah. so agents and a lot of bookers and tv people and whatever they go well at least can you still be fuckable yeah because yeah, at yeah, least exactly. like because because that is a problem it genuinely i'm thinking about my edinburgh show next year and i'm trying to decide the title of it and i'm and i hate myself for second guessing titles but mm-hmm. i have to think of like would a man want to see this? Right. If is I do a pink too, poster, yeah, 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 would, yeah. A, would a man want to see this? I can't alienate all this stuff. You yeah. need to be thinking about all those things because men won't listen to you until you give them. So I almost try to, I, I kind of butter men up with the type of comedy that I yeah. do sometimes. And then I come in with a little bit of harder feminism in it, in a playful way, but it still comes in there. But later on into but, my yeah, set, you after don't they're already start listening. out while people, because I think if you just start out too hard, then people shut down it's exactly. like you can't win a fight if you tell someone they're stupid yeah because then there is no discussion yeah. anymore yeah or i guess that's how you win a fight but you can't change opinions sorry yeah if you alienate people exactly before that comes in yeah that's quite quite a clever way to do it <laughs> and it's, it's like, all manipulating people on stage <laughs> but it's but it's kind of sad that it's necessary but i think it that's yeah. sort of the art of comedy isn't it yeah. to figure out how to tell a story and then make it funny and get people involved and I guess different types of comedians whatever the gender have different ways I guess being a comic almost makes it super important to know what people will perceive you as before you open your mouth of course people think you're going to be one way when you go up there and then I go up and I usually like to hit them very hard off the top. Like mm-hmm. I go in, my opening joke right now is about washing my pussy in a bathroom sink. And I talk to men about how they wash their dicks before they fuck and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people are like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I come out of the gate very aggressively and very yeah. hard. And then they go, okay, like totally surprising people with yeah. what I say. And then I can go into other stuff because yeah. I... Sometimes I feel like I'm just, it's just not me either to tiptoe into a conversation. Yeah. yeah so I yeah. may as well kind of go in and then, then everyone sort of is put on their back foot and go, yeah. what the fuck? And then they listen. And then they might be relieved when it gets a little. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> then they want to know, well, what, if that's how she started, what the fuck is she going to yeah, say yeah, next? Yeah. And then, like, and oh, then you can go into it and then you can start pulling them into stories and yeah. stuff like that. So they don't know where you're going to take them. That's really cool. Have you ever seen um, The Marvelous Miss Maisel? Oh, love it. 
so good because I think exactly what you said now is it's so um, magnified by yeah. the time she's in yeah and the fact that she says fuck is like is is that what what indecency is I think I don't know why she got arrested twice right but I yeah think it was because of the words she was using obviously she yeah. spoiler alert shows her boobs uh, on stage yeah but it's this interesting time of like you have no female stand up comics yeah if you do then it's that. Uh, how, have you seen all of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoiler yeah. alert. <laughs> it's, although, I don't know if this is a spoiler, but it's that lady in a fat suit that pretends yes. to be from Queens. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's, it's again, a certain image it's of like a, a caricature. Woman, exactly, of yeah. a housewife or yeah. whatever it is. But it's not just a woman talking about her life in yeah. very, very honest terms. Yeah. And her sex life and her family life. Yeah. It's so interesting how it magnifies the problems that I think still... Ha- happen in comedy and in society yeah but it's just times a hundred or a thousand because of the times it's set absolutely it's such an interesting show yeah but i mean i think it still happens a lot and people have this sort of issue with like there's like a struggle with people going like you know with femininity and like feminism and what it is and everything and like i'm a hundred percent a feminist what that means to me is like you can be or do whatever the fuck you want if you want to be subservient to a husband yeah have kids stay at home that's fucking your choice yeah go whatever gets your rocks off like go do it you do you girl but like if if something else is different then you need to also support that yeah. of someone and but i think people still struggle with it today and they don't want to be like well i don't want to be a man hater and i don't want to be seen on stage as like you know like an angry bitchy man hater yeah. and yeah the reality is you need to think about that but i mean that cross the bear as a cis white hetero woman is a small one compared to right a lot of other people so it's one that I just need to be it's just about being thoughtful in what you're doing and not being careless with the opportunity you have yeah. to be in front of people and the other thing is I think people misconstrue criticism with hatred yes because no one is Great hating point. on men necessarily yeah. by just pointing out look as a cis man particularly white you have certain privileges yeah. that other people just don't have oh that is so so true it is like by it's the same idea of like by acknowledging someone else's lack of privilege like it doesn't take away yes, your privilege exactly. right like your talent doesn't take away my talent yeah, yeah, it just yeah. means you're also talented and yeah. like t- saying you don't have privilege doesn't mean I'm not allowed the pri- like it is just saying that it's not fair I try to like my uh, yeah no you're just 100% right I could go <laughs> off I could go on and on and on but you're 100% right with that but you, you but you you know you can I think it's such an important thing to talk about it's there I saw a YouTube video the other day I don't know if you know who the vlog brothers are no they're um two brothers from the states who are also authors have you do you know what the fault in our stars have you heard of yeah them? yeah so the author of that okay. and his brother do a, a vlog for like 10 years now where they get back and forth tell each other stories yep. every week um, and one of the stories this I think one week back um, the video was called Not My Proudest Moment and it was Hank Green talking about how in school he had a I think a home ed class or some class that he took but he didn't really care about it and so he just didn't show up most of the time because he knew and he uh, kept track of it because he knew um, if it's not over 10 he'll still pass the class right. as soon as he has 10 absence uh, over 10 absences he won't pass the class right. and so he came back sort of by the end of the year and his teacher said yeah you failed the class you've had 10 absences what he didn't realize what that was that 10 absences 
was the cutoff and right. he already failed the class. So he was so angry and he said he wasn't angry at the teacher. He was angry at himself and he went outside and there was an open locker door and he was wearing uh, steel-toed Doc Martens and he kicked the door and it flew across the room, across the hall, because he was so angry. And he went back in and the teacher said, okay, make it nine. It's fine. And then sort of let him pass the class. And he explains how he thought about it, um, how he felt like he was so clever getting away with things. Right. And he knew that he was going to get away with things. Yeah. And he says, and in perspective, I, I knew I would get away uh, with things because I looked like this. And he showed a picture of himself um, at the time. And yeah. he was just a white dude. And yeah. he's like, I knew I could get away with it because I had, you know, in quotation marks, so much potential i knew yeah um, but i wasn't i just thought i was clever i didn't realize that there is a system in which a black kid kicking a locker door across the hall might have been perceived very very differently yeah it's like a, yeah and it and he's now ashamed of you know this idea that he thought he deserved to get away with things because yeah. he didn't realize that actually there's a lot of privilege with the capability of getting away with things because yeah. it's not just you being so clever it's also people letting you get away with things yeah yeah of course and so the way you're perceived yeah is what lets you get away and just so much things. unconscious bias that exactly. people aren't necessarily aware of and you're never going to get rid of your unconscious bias yeah but you can become aware of it yeah and you can start think reflecting on experiences you've had or been a part of that oh my god yeah 100 percent. and that's something yeah that I really struggle with, like, a lot of that stuff. And in comedy, it's big here, too. In Canada, it's a bit more progressive with as, as far as shows going, with yeah. making sure the lineups are, you know, especially the independent shows, being more diverse. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just... and Which is great, because when you go to a comedy show, what is more boring than seeing five comics who have the same story, yeah, same yeah, background, yeah. same... And you're like, oh, cool, I've another dick now. joke yeah. by this fucking guy... <laughs> Who lives in his mom's basement, like, yeah, kill yeah, myself. Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, what's better to have, like, people from totally different backgrounds, totally different stories, telling totally different points of views, yeah. and you're like, that's fucking interesting. That's going to keep me interested. And I think people don't get as well how that is so important and, and that, yeah, it's a big it's a big thing in my world. It's less, less progressive over here, for sure. There's still so yeah. many where it's just all male lineups. Yeah. And if there is diversity, it might be, like, one black guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've even been told, buy a book or over here. Oh, well, we have two women on the show, so we got to make sure they're not back-to-back because, you know. <laughs> you don't want to you, you put want... too much vagina in a show. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I mean, depends. Out of six comics, he was like, we can't have two women go back-to-back. Get uh, the fuck out of here. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Obviously, like, any kind of gender, I just, I tend to go to vagina because I have a vagina, and that's what offends men yeah. in quotation marks the most when I yeah. bring it up, when I bring yeah, yeah, up, yeah. up menstruation. Obviously, not every woman has a vagina. So I apologize for that. But it's sort of my go-to thing. Because yeah. as soon as you mention your period or you mention yeah. washing your pussy in the yeah. sink, yeah. that's when, especially cis men, I imagine, uh, and experience get squeamish. And yeah. then they sort of let you do, <laughs> but like, let, yeah. just let you leave you alone. Yeah. Because that's the kind of stuff they don't, weirdly enough, clearly want to have to do with if they're straight. Yeah. But also they don't want to know too much about it, which is, I think, probably why that joke... I mean, I don't know the premise of it, but I think I sort of can imagine why that joke works and throws men. Totally. Because that's not the picture 
that you have of a woman. No. That's, they're supposed to be dainty and cute and sexy at all times. Yeah. And they don't smell and they probably don't even have to clean. And like, yeah. you don't want to know that they take a shit, that they have yeah. a long day and they're sweaty, that yeah. they have hairy assholes un- un- unless they shave or yeah. like wax. No one wants to hear that. Yeah. And then, you know, Russell Brand can make f- jokes about his hairy asshole and then turn around and people like, and still, and make a joke and all women want to fuck him and like yeah. this is not against russell brand because i love him and it's he's hilarious but it's just that duality of like a woman making that joke absolutely it might not work out to be the same kind of she probably won't end up being the sex same sex symbol or women just get Maybe. stereotyped as well it's like oh all female comedians all they do is some of their like vaginas and stuff and you're yeah, like yeah 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 and I like, do talk a lot about sex and relationships and whatever, but like, what's bigger than that? What's bigger than our relationships, our interpersonal relationships, the sex we have, the love yeah. we have? Like, what is, tell me what is bigger than that in your world and the shit that rocks your world and you live your life by. And also, I've not heard, I don't know how many male comedians I hear who don't talk about their dick. Well, exactly. I, like, it's a selfish party. Or pretend party. to fuck a stool and pretend it's a woman. Exactly. Ugh. Like, everyone, <laughs> everyone talks about their dick all the time and no one's like oh there's this guy talking about his dick again because that's what comedy is mm-hmm. it's dudes talking about their dicks and I'm like well but why am i so why is it so offensive when a vagina gets mentioned then yeah like what is the actual problem with that and it's it's so ridiculous like because that's the cliche isn't it mm-hmm. oh that's the comedian again that's only going to talk about yeah the vagina yeah it's like yeah that's a part of their body why wouldn't they talk about it if it can be funny like yeah where is the disconnect between we can have 50 dick jokes in a show but don't put too many vagina jokes in yeah. there because it might get offensive or i don't even know what's annoying esther Manito is a she's a great comic she talks about being a, a mother being arab being all of these things and she got a review recently up in edinburgh and it basically was like uh she talks about being a mom like we've heard it before from katherine ryan katherine ryan has a better job and she's like what the fuck <laughs> like just because you know and it's like talk we've about your experiences yeah exactly we've already heard the mom jokes from one person like fuck off like that is, it oh, is just wow. so ridiculous how the standard that, yes. and I talk about this a lot with female, other female comics and stuff, where the, the standard you are held to, and the that's why quality of female comics when they get to a certain level is so high, because you need to be four times as good as the men around yeah. you to get a spot on the show. Yeah. The average men that get lifted in any profession, in any yeah. whatever, yeah, absolutely. that just how many fucking mediocre men get, you know raised up um, i could go on an angry ra- <laughs> angry no, feminist rant it's, here it's it's absolutely true and again like this has nothing to do with hating men no this isn't wanting to take opportunity away from men except i think that it is wanting to elevate women or anyone of any gender to the same um chances yeah and maybe people if someone if there are two people no matter their sex or gender and one of them is better, and they happen to be a woman, or they happen to be whatever, let let the quality win. Because it yeah. can't be that every... Because a lot of people... It's also like when you you hear um, a straight actor has been cast for a gay role, or a, a cis actor has been cast for a transgender role, or whatever, and it gets shared, and people are like, yeah, but, you know, the best actor won. And I'm like, that's not how it works. You don't get... 10 transgender actors in a room and then that one cis actor comes in and blows away yeah, exactly. the casting director and gets the job. Yeah. You've 
might not even have had a trans actor in that room. Very, very unlikely that you did. So probably the best cisgender actor got the role. That can't be the point, though, because then you've not given everyone the opportunity. So I think the way we see opportunities and the way people think systems work is just so skewed by our idea and people's perception that the best man wins, in quotation marks, which is just... If you don't get to compete, you can't win. Well, and if it was truly equal and trans women were able to go up for, like, cis hetero women roles, then yeah, okay, best one for the job. But that's not how it is. Exactly. So let's be fucking real about what it is. You know, it's, uh, yeah, all all of that stuff. Because that's the thing. Like, I'm not against, because they're like, oh, does that mean gay actors can only play gay characters? No. But if the gay actors don't get to play straight characters, if they're out... Then let them play the ones yeah. that are openly gay characters and have not straight people play those as well. Like, if you exactly, if everyone could play everyone, if uh, trans women and trans men would just be cast in roles of yeah. men and women, yeah. and then half cis actors play trans people. Like, yeah. no one is asking anyone to not do something that might stretch their artistic abilities. Yeah. But as long as it's a level playing field, which yeah. it isn't, exactly. so we can't pretend yeah. that that's how it works because it never, it's never worked that way, and we've got a long way to go. Yeah, and I think it's the same in comedy, and it's the same in every job. I went to a, a feminist Q and A. Q&A. I unfortunately don't remember any of the names of any of the people who participated. I'm really sorry, but basically it was about women and expertise and how women in fields. Um, that are dominated by men, which I guess at some point were all fields and were sort of slowly getting in there, they have to work harder and they have to prove their expertise over and over again and they're continuously questioned. And a lot of them, um, a lot of positions where people go, we need more diversity. It's easy to hire a woman. It's not necessarily easy to keep her in the job Mm -hmm. because... It's exhausting. Mm-hmm. If you've done, you've got the degree, you've got the PhD, you've mm-hmm. done your work, and people still continuously question you, mm-hmm. at some point, you're just going to walk off and, and do something else where you don't... Start have, your own thing or exactly. whatever. Yeah. And it's the thing where men have this privilege of um, just presumed competence. Yes. Yes. Presumed competence. That is so massive. Like I was just, cause I, in my day job, I work with a lot of big corporations and one of them was talking about how they want to celebrate and make this big, huge fuss because they're one of the only massive companies in the world to have a female CEO. Okay. And they recently brought her in and I was just like, how fucking sad is that? <laughs> that it's like but this huge thing. Point. And they were talking about yeah. how they want to recruit all these, they, they have a real mandate to recruit more women into their company. And I was like, okay, well, what percentage of your leadership team even represents them? Like, because they're saying that they need to be able to go, we're a great company to work for. Come work for us. And, you know, women are welcome here. But uh, if I'm coming in, I'm looking, if I'm super qualified and people are headhunting me and I'm in this awesome position and Google wants me, Facebook wants me, all these big companies want me. And I look at your company and it's all fucking men at the top. uh, No, thanks. It's a hard pass. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Like what, what future does it look like I have there? I once went into this organization it was an old insurance uh, company with, like, uh, insurance companies are notoriously, like, oh, so old school. Mm-hmm. And they had, I mean, it was when I was an art dealer and a 
I previously was an art dealer. And so... That sounds exciting. <laughs> and uh, we were hanging a portrait of one of the past presidents of the board. And every president of the board gets their portrait done and hung. What, is it like a oil thing? Yeah. Oh, is it? It's like an oil Shit. painting of the past president of the board. Fuck me, okay. And so it's hung down these long halls of their old historic building that in Toronto. That like sounds like a film. It, it was. Crazy. I walked down the hall. I'm like, I feel like I'm in a horror movie. Because it's old all white old dudes. white dudes. <laughs> all old white men. And I was like, this is... This is disgusting. I'm yeah. like, it is literally right in front of you. What and you act like is. it's yeah, not. Yeah. It's literally painted on walls in front of your fucking faces. Yeah. And you're like, what's the problem? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't get it. Why people are mad at us. Like, yeah. ugh. It's, it's this thing. Okay, this is not a sex podcast today. It's just a feminist rant just, podcast. Yeah, which is fine. We'll get to the sex. <laughs> uh, no, but I think it's fair to say. And I think it's important because I'm guessing the the reason why you're so riled up is that it is part of your everyday life yeah. as a comedian. Yeah. And I think... Because um, it's your job just to... as Sorry to interrupt you there, which I have done about a hundred times. Go. Um, <laughs> I think it's also a comedian's job. You're hyper aware of the situations yes. around you because you're always looking for, is this a joke? Is this something? Yeah. yeah. Is this something? So you become... Like your observation skills are very heightened yeah. and you're always looking around. So you start to really see things yeah. and the more you consume and, you know, you just start to notice things a lot more. And so that's why it just starts like it genuinely gets to you so much. And I think that's sort of the job um, or part of the job or depending on how you see what comedy is, I guess, is to see what's happening in society, make it funny so that you can show shine a light on it in a way yeah. that will make people change their minds. I yeah. think rather than... Because I don't know how many people are receptive to, even though I think it's necessary for other women or even for, for like-minded, whatever, you know, whoever you are, people to have this feminist rant. But I think, unfortunately, it probably doesn't change opinions yeah i mean it's hard because sometimes with comedy i'm of i'm of two minds i think it's a i think it's a big responsibility and to to be up there and have people's attention and it's undivided and they're you know they're with you how many times in your day are you like not distracted by anything and truly listening to just thoughts and words and sharing this experience with other people and and you're you're it's like just about visceral reactions like it's about how you're immediate and you see when people laugh because that is their gut reaction to things even if they're almost horrified that they're laughing at that certain topic but then i think sometimes like fuck man the world sucks it's on fucking amazon's on fire like Everything is racist. We're all going to die. Yeah, what yeah. are we doing? Can we just have a fucking laugh and just take our minds off it and be entertained? And I think there's a balance in there. Yeah. And I think that's what I'm trying to figure out right now is how do I balance that? And as I start to build my Edinburgh show and a, and a one-hour show is like, how much of each of those worlds do I want to bring in? Yeah. I want people to walk away going, that was great. I was entertained. I don't want anyone to feel bullied or targeted yeah. like you know men to feel like oh god i felt like she was attacking yeah, all the time yeah, yeah. i don't you know i would never want that and i just i'm like what where does my responsibility lie and how and i mean maybe i think about this more than other comics but it's it's always on my mind but i think we've talked about him before the podcast started daniel sloss yeah who is one of my favorite comedians yeah. i think he balances that perfectly yeah i'm really sorry that my phone keeps ringing by the way <laughs> i thought it was on i'm just gonna turn it off okay now. no worries <laughs> i've now silenced my Phone like the professional. <laughs> um, uh, Daniel Sloss. Daniel Sloss. Yeah, the man. Um, but he does it so well that it's funny. Yeah. It usually, 
it creeps up on you with a very serious message. Yeah. And it's it doesn't alienate anyone. Yeah. And I think I always go out of these shows having laughed so much and feeling better. Yeah. But also like I having notions in my head that I still like literally to this day, I saw his last show. I think it's called X. Yeah, that's his he, new one that he's working. He's, a, on, he's in Edinburgh with it as well. Yeah, he's in Edinburgh with it right now. Um, and like, there's still things I think about that just pop into my head. And I'm like, oh, was that in a Netflix special? Because it's so clear. But it's just that the way he delivers a joke. Yeah. It makes it so clear in your head that it sticks in there. And yeah. like, it just gets a thought process going. Uh-huh. And I find that so important. And yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I think that's my kind of comedians. So I don't have a lot of examples of I don't know how other comedians operate I don't know if there are some that are solely interested in making you laugh Mm -hmm. I think those exist and I think there's like you said I think there's a right for them to exist because I think at the end of the day when the Amazon's on fire which is really the fucking worst thing is it like my facebook feed is full of it and i'm yeah. like i'm just gonna ignore this is happening because people I are can't just change it. depressed and it's horrible yeah yeah. yeah yeah but then maybe you know if you want to go away and just not think about any of that yeah i think it's fair i don't know if it would be my kind of evening because i think at some point i'd want to know where this is going yeah well it's like art right sometimes you want a documentary Sometimes you just want, like, a shitty rom-com or something just to chill out with. So it depends on the night. And if you're going to, like, you know, a comedy club on a Friday night, that's different than going to see a one-hour Edinburgh show or a one-hour special. I think it's it's different when somebody has your attention for that long. You hope there's a bigger message in there. Yeah. If someone's on stage for 10 minutes, like I'm doing two 10-minute spots tonight, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you're not going to change the world in 10 minutes. So no. the best thing to do would be to get people on your side, get them to love you, get them to become fans of you, so then they want to come see your longer and ones. Look, and then yeah. when you have them, you go, now that you trust me, listen yeah. to me. And I think that's what you see when people yeah. do skits on television. They don't go with the hard-hitting no, no, shit. No, no, no. They go with the stuff yeah. that's really funny and repeatable. The stuff my mom likes. <laughs> <laughs> we were on a cruise ship once, and there was this comedian. I won't even say his name, but it was awful. And he had this, like, puppet that, like, pooed on stage or whatever. And it was, like, okay. fake bird poo. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. My mom was like, now that is funny. Oh, really? That's a comedian. You should think about something like like a pro. And I'm like, get the fuck <laughs> Pro- comedy. Uh, yeah. I mean, I love Carrot Top, which I don't know if that's an un- unpopular oh God. opinion. That's, a, that's an unpopular opinion. Yeah, Unless you're in 1992, I think. I like Carrot Top <laughs> from 1992. How do you like Carrot Top? How old are you? I'm 28. How do you even know Carrot Top? I, I don't remember Wasn't how. he like... I had a massive crush on him, but like... Not <laughs> oh, the, God. Not the, so the Carrot Top from like 1992, that cute ginger guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really yeah. Skinny and just weird looking. Yeah. Not weird looking in a w- bad way, but like in a good way. Yeah. I don't know how unique. I fucking found him, but I That's remember funny. there was a time when I was like 2017. No, 2000. So like 2007, recent. Sorry. Oh, okay. Oh, a little more forgivable. The wrong decade. Um, and I suddenly, I think I have no idea how I found him. I found him. I fell in love with him. I watched Chairman of the Board, which might be the worst movie ever, but I fucking love it. Oh it's my so god, good. that's amazing. Well, um, I I used to have a crush on Nicolas Cage, so we can all be forgiven for... Our... I'm sorry, Nicolas Cage is the best human. Oh yeah! So. Oh my god! We are so much alike! We do have so much... City of Angels, I used to be like, that is the most romantic show I've ever seen in my life. I've not seen City of Angels. What? I'm scared. But I love Con Air. I don't know if that helps. 
So you got to see City of Angels. Oh, he's I an will. angel who literally goes to Earth. Oh, I think to I have be in seen, love. And then something horrible happens. I have seen it, and yeah. then I was like, I'm not. This is the worst. <laughs> this is literally, but it's so the beautiful. Worst. I went with it a friend is. of mine. I think in like grade eight or grade nine or something like that. So I don't know what that is over here. Year whatever. I was like twelve or thirteen. Um, yeah. And I wouldn't know either. I don't didn't grow up in this country. Yeah. What what do they do in Germany? Is it like grade eight? Do they have like uh, we, we do I like grades one, two, one through 13. twelve? Okay. Go, so basically yeah. same yeah. thing. So like grade eight. Um, and we were watching it, and my friend said that she was in the movie theater, and she was like, "Who the fuck is making that noise? Like, who's crying?" And I was there, being like, "Is it so beautiful?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like crying and like, "Oh my god." Such a wet dream for Nick Cage after that. Like, oh, wow. Uh, I don't know yeah. if I ever thought he was sexy, but, like, he has this thing. Uh, I don't know if I got like... into him, like, early enough. Like, I don't know if he was young enough for me to find him. Although in Con Air, I probably was, like, eight, and I was like, that man. Or National Treasure. Yeah. Like, he, mm. he's, like, whenever he pops up in a film and you don't expect it, like, he's in Snowden, and I did not expect him, and he just comes in with a sexy voice. He has a sexy voice. I'm very sorry. And it's like, oh! <laughs> you are the best I just so think funny. he's the coolest dude yeah. like, he's Family Man the Christmas movie I love that movie never seen that either okay oh. we're gonna need to discuss yeah. this after the show yeah, so yeah, yeah. Can we're get... gonna start a podcast on Nicolas Cage movies an exclusive Nicolas Cage podcast we should like watch every <laughs> Nicolas Cage movie unless it already exists and review it you know what I bet it does exist I saw a coffee table book once yeah. and it's called Nicolas Cage as everyone and it's literally his face imposed on, every, like, the Mona Lisa, <laughs> babies, like, the Pope. It is every... It is the fucking funniest that thing. hilarious. Yeah. People we'll have Google a weird this. obsession with him. We'll Google this. Yeah. Because I know there's one called Cruise Control, where they watch every Tom Cruise movie, which <sighs> I love so much. Oh, my God. It's so funny. Uh, but let's see if there's Cage Control. <laughs> <laughs> Caged animal. Um, I don't know how we got to... Oh, yeah, weird crushes. Anyway, yeah. carrot top, prop comedy. Get a toilet seat with the car. I don't know. He's a weird man. But he's funny. It is all right. Uh, I don't know where to go from this. So your comedy. Yes. Um, you talk a lot about sex. Yes. Um, we talked... Let's get, give the audience some sex, shall we? Yeah, let's talk about sex. All right. Baby. <laughs> what, um, so the angle you take it from, as I imagine from that opening joke, is being honest about it, talking about the yeah. awkward stuff as much as the sexy stuff? Is that about Yeah, right? like awkward stuff. I talk a lot about dating, uh, like expectations. I talk even about like, I ask women in the crowd if they're like, do they wax? Are they bush people? Mm. Like what they're... And people are like, oh my God. And they're like, can't believe you're talking about it. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. actually get so many women coming up to me being like, it's so nice to hear a woman speak honestly about that stuff on yeah. stage because no one talks about it. And I just think in general, there's like, yeah, you can go online. You can figure out like what's what. But there's a lot of misinformation online too. And I yeah. think just even talking about it in an environment where you see other people laughing and relating to it, you go, oh, maybe this is more common than I yeah. think. Or maybe this is whatever. So I just, yeah, talk about... Um, my new joke that I'm working right now is how men cock block themselves. I think they, they always talk about how it's so much easier for a woman to get laid than a man. And I don't think it is easier. I think men inadvertently cock block themselves in ways they're unaware of. And I think a lot of women are like, I've been on dates before with men where I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm up for it. I am like waxed, shaved, lashes on, makeup done, new <laughs> outfit, boom, I am ready to go. He has to fuck up majorly for right. me not to take him home tonight. And then... 
There you go. And then he does. And you're like, what the fuck, man? And he doesn't even know he's doing it. And you almost want to be like, if you only knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I almost feel like, have you ever heard of like do really douchey people be like, for like servers? I've heard, I've never seen this in practice, but I've heard this like, some people will put money on the table for, for like a service fee, like for a tip. And then if the service is bad, they start taking away a little <gasps> bit of money. And for then what, the server to yeah. see? That and then whatever's disgusting. left at the end, that's what they get. That's disgusting. But how great would it be if a man could see like, here's your star system. Oh, right. yeah, I have yeah, 10 yeah. stars on the table. And every time you fuck up or say something rude or whatever, I'm going to take one away. If we hit zero, nothing. We're not getting How good would that be? And they go like... <laughs> yeah. That'd be very helpful. And, and now I've started this whole new thing of like just total honesty in relationships as well. Like yeah. when I break up with someone, I tell them why. Or when I stop seeing it's a guy, definitely you. I say this like, is the reason. yeah, you literally told me you were interesting three times, and you were the most boring person I've ever oh, spoken sh- to. And you need stop to get the a false halt. advertising. But then I go block, delete, block, 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 blocks. <laughs> <laughs> I can give it, but I can't take it. Oh, I see. Okay, but then you I don't talk want about that. Answer. Yeah, exactly. I talk about that shit on stage. I talk about one of my jokes is I say that I have fucked so many immigrants that I'm gonna start calling my vagina the port of entry. <laughs> And I compare myself to, like, the Statue of Liberty, except I'm holding up my cell phone. Nice. Um, Getting those Tinder matches. Getting those matches. And I say that if you look at my matches, it would look like I'm a professional scout for an NBA team. (laughs) And so I talk about a lot. Like, just just all of that kind of stuff. And I get some of the rudest comments after shows, too. From, like, gross. Like, women will be like, I've always wanted to fuck a black man. What's that Which is like? like I'm like, it's like fucking a man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah. there are people. What and the they're fuck? not a fetish. And this yeah, is like, exactly. I mean, not... you might have a type, but that doesn't mean... And you're fetishizing that, exactly, them. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And um, let's talk about that a bit. Cock blo- men cock blocking themselves. Yeah. Uh, do you have a top five of things that will get someone good... good uh, feet away from ever getting close to well her. here's one that happened i was going home with a guy from a bar yeah we're in an uber the uber so st- we're already on the way to this get, one was already on the way home and okay. they stopped it we're in the uber uber stops and i'm like why are we stopped and the guy's like oh i've just got to pick up the next person i'm like you fucking uber pooled us <laughs> on a hookup <laughs> from a bar get no fucking way. And what is it, like, <laughs> 10 quid for a fucking Uber? You have to go for the four quid pool ride? Get out of here. Maybe he he was like, oh, the Amazon is on fire. We need to save no, the No, this planet. is a while ago. <laughs> okay. This was not, this is pre-Amazon not, not, on fire. He's not ecologically thinking? No, <laughs> no way. I'm just like, you cheap fuck. That's the kind of man no, he was that... was trying to save the planet and you just misconstrued it. Oh, yeah. Or even men, I, I know this, uh, and this is what I hear from a lot of women over here, a lot of arguments about wearing condoms as well. That happens. So wow. while you're almost ready to go, they're like, well, then no, I'm not fucking you about whether or not they're wearing condoms. And they make it like, oh, come on. And they're like, shame. <laughs> like, go. And that's just like old school. But then there's other things like... Jesus. But you know, how does that still happen? Have you heard of... Like, even if things like PrEP exist, which I don't necessarily think should be used for having... Unprotected, unprotected sex because that's not but gets what everything. it's been yeah exactly meant for but like if you're in a relationship with someone or you know whatever it is like i'm i'm pro the nhs giving it out i'm not pro people having unprotected sex with people they don't know who exactly. that, totally syphilis is on the rise yeah um hpv is uh you know can cause cancer uh chlamydia herpes yeah. like it's like people think, oh, yeah, okay, so I don't necessarily get HIV anymore. Apparently, I don't have to be safe. 
It's it, such an odd Yeah, uh, or people, thing. oh, it's so, di- I was with a guy and he kept losing his heart on every time he put on a condom. I'm like, that, but that's on you. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's your shit. And like, and I mean, it's sad, like, no shame on whatever erectile issues that man has, but there's something like, to get sort out it. in terms Yeah, you gotta, yeah. you Go gotta to sort that out. And then do you again, do you listen right? to Dan Savage? Do you like Dan Savage? I don't know Dan. Oh Savage. my god! Okay, well he is a back catalog of oh I don't know uh, nine thousand podcast episodes. He is, is that a something sex, to look into? love, relationship advice columnist. Okay, who is a big gay rights advocate? Did you ever hear of the It Gets Better project? No. Where like people celebrities who were out would make videos being like to like young people who oh, were right, queer yeah. or whatever going like it does get better like don't take your own life don't whatever it get we promise you like look at yeah. look at us we're in a healthy loving whatever and they they did this whole thing he's uh he's amazing he's always on like just advocating for different rights and stuff he and his husband and he talks a lot about the whole economy and he's like so many men claim it's like oh it feels so different like of course it feels a little bit different but the reality is if it felt that different there would never be times where you go out and go, oh, fuck, the condom came off inside you or the condom oh, broke. Because yeah, you would be yeah, like, yeah. as soon as it happened, people would be like, oh, my God, my dick's fucking freaking out. And you'd have this, which never happens. they go, oh, fuck, I didn't realize it came off. Oh, you didn't? Yeah, then it yeah, couldn't yeah. feel that fucking yeah, different yeah, in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so at least this explosion. Exactly. The people would go mental and fly across the room and yeah. have this, like, mad explosion, <laughs> like, which doesn't happen. So that's definitely a cock block. Men who say, like, there's a lot of, like, oh, you know, when all of their exes were crazy mm. yeah were they or are you like a hard gaslighter and you're an asshole yeah. and they stuck up for themselves and now they're crazy bitches because yeah, they yeah. had opinions saying please don't treat me like shit or you keep making the same mistake and you don't change yeah like though you know i'm not saying that people can't get sh- into shitty relationships numerous times but at some point i always feel like maybe take a step back yeah. and double check if you're not looking at red flags or yeah. if you're repeating a pattern that's just me projecting onto other people. But like, yeah, I think totally. it's relevant to look into why relationships keep failing. Yeah. Instead of labeling people your crazy exes. Also, don't bring that up on a date. Also, yeah. Also, it's about like social norms and everything. On your first date, it's like an interview, right? Yeah. A date exactly. one is like You don't like want to go to a job forward. and go, my manager's an asshole. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. don't want to work. Like, that's literally the same thing. Exactly. You go, no, you know, it was nice and I'm looking for new challenges. You don't go, oh, he's a prick and I don't yeah. want to work for him anymore. Exactly. Or you're in a relationship and someone asks you, I mean, you shouldn't be really asking about old relationships on a first date anyway. Yeah. So that's a big thing. If someone starts talking about their ex or whatever, if they go off on some crazy tangents, it just tells you a lot about them because it tells you they don't actually have an understanding of social cues and everything as well. Yeah. And even if they're sort of masking it as this honesty, then yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. but it's still not really appropriate. You're still getting to know someone. I mean, I think if you want to bring up, you know, this is what broke up me and my uh, if it comes relationship up, or, yeah of course because they don't want children and like you're at a stage where you're adamant to find yeah. a mate for life of course or whatever yeah like there are always reasons to bring that up of course. but i think like you're saying people with social skills probably understand when it's appropriate yeah. and why it's appropriate yeah. and not just i guess throw in a conversations that 
them bitches be crazy. Yeah. Or, like, I know women who, on, even on, like, they'll be on Tinder or whatever, and they'll go, oh, I could just totally hook up with someone tonight. But, like, I'd rather, like, meet them, go for a drink, get a vibe, and if they're cool, yeah. then I'll go home yeah, with them. Yeah, yeah, But guys are like, look, I'm just out to fuck. And you're like, bro, can you play the game yeah, a little yeah, yeah. bit? Like, I don't be dishonest and tell me you want to marry me, but it's like, can you just play the part for, like, half a second and not treat me just like a fucking wet, warm hole? Yeah. That'd be great. I mean, that's, like, I'm, like, I kind of applaud their honesty. I find that better than... I guess, but... You know, buying, like, telling you they want to marry you, etc., etc. But I think that honesty has to come with, I know, I've seen you, I've vibed with you, and I'm sure you're not an ex-murderer. Like... Yeah, but also them saying, like, oh, I'm just looking to fuck on Tinder means you were literally just... You could be anyone. That's a good you're, point. You're, yeah. you're an exchangeable whole. Like, you... And that's they don't sexy, even know you. It? And that's, you that's not like sexy. That's, that doesn't turn you on because you're like, okay, so you go to the next one, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like, yeah, all yeah. that kind of... There's a, So, there's just a lot of, like, that kind of stuff. And I just hear it again and again. And I kind of liken it to... You know when you throw a dog a treat? Yeah. And it's, like, under their paw or whatever. And they're like, ah, oh, where's the treat? Where's yeah, the treat? And you're yeah, like, yeah. it's right there. Like, eat it. I threw it to you. And they're like, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? And you're like, buddy, it is under yeah, your yeah, paw. Yeah, yeah. Eat the treat. So it's like you're going, I've thrown it to you. It's up to you to catch it. And now it. you literally need to take the finger, yeah. point to the tree. <laughs> and then they, they go, oh, no, 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 I want yeah. another one. And then I make the joke on stage. And I'm like, that's why some women just go like, fuck it, I'm into cats. Like, whatever. <laughs> fuck it, I'm a cat lady. Fuck these guys. Yeah, fair, fair. Yeah. That, that does sound frustrating as well. Because you want to get there as well. It's not like of course. they're cock blocking themselves. They're cock blocking you at the same time. Uh, which is yeah. frustrating for everyone, right? Exactly. So if we just learn to play by the rules. Yeah, yeah. Nice? Or just... I guess social social norms like yeah. some of them are ridiculous and problematic but some of them are for good measure yeah exactly you, know, you should at some point I guess be able to pick and choose which yeah. ones are relevant yeah um, we talked about body image before we started recording yeah um, as a plus size podcast you said a podcast <laughs> comedian, comedian. Uh, you said that's something that you are mindful of or aware of yeah of um, course and we talked about the can i mention her name is that right yeah 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 so we talked about how rebel wilson is usually portrayed in film and i think yeah for me i think amy schumer is sort of in the same vein i don't know i think amy schumer is different amy schumer is also not plus size she's like a size eight okay ten and people loop her into that category and it's she does but because but she does she kind of makes yeah, but Am then, no, I'm you're not wrong. wrong. And then Glamour, I think it was, came out with a body positivity issue and included her in, like, here are, like, plus size women. And she goes, I'm not plus size. Oh, I see. And okay. so she came out when it really, it was this whole thing. Anyway, my bigger issue is sort of with someone like Rebel Wilson. And it's just sad because I think she's really funny. I think she's great. I don't think it's everything she does. But I think, and I think also as an actress in Hollywood, I don't know what it's like. And you got to take opportunities that come along and your I way. And I imagine, to be honest, because I think, because if you look at Amy Schumann plus size, like I think in Hollywood, I'm plus size. Yeah. Um, and, but I feel like I'm not in quotation marks fat enough, which is what, what I think you either thin, which is ha- hashtag normal, which is in quotation marks normal, or you are very plus size and then you can play the fat friend but right. if you're in the middle you're just chubby and kind of useless yeah you're not yeah you can't be extremely funny but you're also not extremely attractive yeah. yeah so it's almost like once you know that that's what you have to play on yeah i guess if you want to work i'm imagining that's what you work with yeah um 
but what you would hope is that as soon as you get a bit of traction and you get a fan base that then that is hopefully a stereotype that you can turn around and it seems to me that that's not something she's actively doing i might be wrong i mean and she does like plus size clothing lines and stuff and i think she talks about body positivity but then it's hard to talk about it and then go play a role where your name and the character is literally fat amy and and they're and it just sort of reinforces these stereotypes about being lazy and whatever and all these things but I mean, that that's what it is. Like, that is sort of what it's... That's what Hollywood does. Have you ever read Shrill by Lindy West? Nope. Shrill is a great book. Lindy West is a great writer. Um, and Shrill talks about basically, like, a mass of, like... We've been brainwashed our whole lives by Hollywood and yeah. Disney. Like, think think of any time you've ever seen, like, a plus-size person in, like, cartoon roles. Ursula, she's yeah, the evil yeah, witch. Yeah. Like, it's always these, like, evil characters. Or they're very, like... They're either spinsters or evil or old maids. Or they're infantilized. Yeah. Or whatever it is. So, they're never... And she wrote Shrill. And it became a series on Hulu. Oh, and sweet. it's a fantastic series. And A.D. Bryant, who's a char- who's a comic... Uh, she plays the role of her and it's it's very interesting it touches on all of those things so I think it's great because the more representation like Rebel Wilson got really popular and then she became a lead in her own yeah uh, that own love story one and and it wasn't all about her weight and everything and I think it's hard as well because she's in a position where you got to take what's out there yeah, and yeah, it's no, like absolutely. women who like take lesser roles than they should be with female actresses it, but that's all that there is. Yeah. Or like, oh, you know, and so it's like, do you not take it on principle or do you take it and hope to change it from the inside? Do that's... I not work with a booker yeah. who I know yeah. is misogynistic or do I take it, do the booking and then try to crush it and yeah. be undeniable that I'm the fucking best one on the stage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, I think that's the, and like, there's obviously, this is not a criticism of her. I think she's a really talented, yeah. funny actress. Yeah, beautiful. It's, it's just unfortunate. I think that that's the role she gets to play. Yeah. Um, but like you said, I think what is hopefully happening, and I think what is usually happening, is that you take what you get until you're in a place where you can make it uh, different, where you can create yeah. something different and where you have a voice yeah. and a following to be able to say, actually, you know, to just write a film where you just act in it. Like, yeah. I think that's what I'm missing, is that we have a character that is plus size, or just not, like, what Hollywood says people are all meant to look like. And no one comments on it. Yeah. Like, fucking, who, who is it? Who always says the, uh, uh, what's his name? Who does, like, Big Mama's House and all that. You know those Steve ones? Steve Martin? No, it's, uh, uh. Oh, no. Steve Martin is a white guy, isn't he? Uh. Like, whatever those movies are. And they dress up. It's like these men dress up as like these big fat women. And yeah, it's all like, ha, yeah, yeah. ha, ha. What a fat piece of shit they are. And all the jokes are like, oh, they sit on a chair and it breaks. And ha, yeah, ha, yeah, ha. Yeah, yeah. Women are fat and disgusting. And you're just like, what the fuck? So I just, it's something that I really. And, and sometimes I'll write a joke and I'll do it on stage. I've done this before where I wrote a joke I did on stage and it was never landing. And I was mm-hmm. like, fuck, I don't know what's wrong with this joke. And my, my friend who's this comic, Allie Pierce in Toronto, she was like, it's not Lanny because it doesn't sound like you. All of your jokes are like super confident. This is who I am, whatever. Uh, like that one is the first time I've ever heard you be self-deprecating on stage. And it, I think the audience goes, wait, 
So are you this person or are you that person? Yeah. And I was like, oh, and it never felt natural for me to say it. And I so and the audience really reads that on that. So it was a joke that you thought was going to work because that's a joke that you hear or a kind it's of. Just a, so I said, uh, the joke is that I, I think a lot of men have, the, the joke now is I think a lot of men have issues dating me. I think mm-hmm. one of the, one of the big problems is they don't know kind of where to put me because I have the confidence and entitlement of a second wife, <laughs> but the gag reflex and the Capri collection of a first wife. <laughs> So I think they don't know where to put me. But before I said gag reflex, it used to be the body and the Capri collection of First Wife. And it never ah. landed. And she was like, it just didn't sit because it's like, wait, so you don't love who? Yeah, it's yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and now it lands. Yeah. But it never did before. Yeah. Because it can't go, I'm confident and entitled. But also. But then also, yeah. a, you know, so when I'm crafting jokes and when I'm thinking about like sketches and all these things, I just thought of this other sketch that I wanted to do the other day. And it's about, you know how people always say, like, I don't see color. And I'm like, the most fucking obnoxious, yeah, yeah. problematic thing to say. Um, and I wanted to do, thinking about doing this sketch or whatever. I was talking to a friend of mine. And she's like, you just have to make sure that if people of color in your sketch, they are the heroes. And yeah. they're in the position of power. And that's, if you're writing it, it could be useful to write it with somebody who's a person of color. So you can understand yeah. where, how you're doing this and how you can do this justice in yeah. a way that makes it funny and great and whatever. And it's true. And I got an offer to write the jokes for, there was a movie. Um, they wanted me to write the stand-up for, it was supposed to be like an up-and-coming comic. Uh-huh. A young black girl wants to be a comedian. They wanted me to write her set. And I was like, I don't feel comfortable writing and being the voice yeah. of like this young black woman. Because, like, even if I could... I just think, no. And I was like, you've got to give this opportunity... To a young black... To a young black woman. Like, let them write this. Because it'll be more authentic. It'll be better. I know it'll be better. Like... And even if I get the laugh, I just, I, it makes me feel uncomfortable yeah. and maybe that's stupid because I didn't get a fucking writing credit on a movie and I've never had a writing credit on a movie, I think but that is one of the most wonderful things you can do. I think if as a person, especially as a white person, I think if that that's the point of privilege, right? Yeah. Like you, you can get that credit, but you'll have done it on the back of the person that might've maybe not done a better job comedic but like done a better job because the perspective is the same because maybe that opportunity how many times is there a a film about a black female comedian exactly i think those opportunities if you can take a step back and go actually i'm gonna bow out even though it means i lose something yeah i think it's such a big i mean it shouldn't be a big thing in a way it should be like again we should live in a week equal world but i think it is such a big thing to understand where your capabilities lie, but also where your moral obligation is. And just your own limitations. Like, it's okay to, I think, walk away from stuff and just go, yeah. like... Yeah, moral obligations, maybe. And I and I am a believer in... And, like, the more I watch and, and learn about, you know, everything and, under, and be understanding of my unconscious bias and my privilege and where I come from and all of that, I think it's important to not just be, like... To not be racist anymore is not enough. You yeah. can't just be, oh, I accept. You have to be actively inclusive. And I think that yes. means, um, like, 
consuming black art or, you know, consuming art made by marginalized people, consuming theater, reading authors. Like, don't, you can't just go, well, I'm not racist. Okay, when's the last time you bought a book by a black author or watched a documentary about whatever or, like, supported a theater that was this or, you know, whatever. And it's like, that's how you support. Yeah. When you go to stores and you shop in, you know, communities that are run by people who are marginalized, that's how you support them. You support them with your dollars and your views and all of those types of things and so it's like all of that takes it's not just good enough to just still hang out in your circles and go well I've never said anything I've never done yeah but it's just not good enough anymore and I think that to me just in that moment I was like and I actually I've never I don't know if I've ever even told anyone about this so I've never really talked about it because it's like I don't need to be fucking patted on the back but it's just but I think I mean it was sort of uh, relevant to this this conversation and I think it's not you know you're not saying this in a self-grandizing way or whatever but it's I think it's I think it actually is important to bring it up because I think a lot of people go yeah but you know you can't pass up an opportunity and I think it's fair to say no you can yeah and you probably should yeah um because I think because a lot of times you have actors say you know I took this opportunity and now I probably wouldn't anymore and I'm like that thought process, may, I mean, maybe if it was 10, 20 years ago, I think that thought process would have been very different. Just yeah, because of the course, world didn't of course. ask the question. Yeah, of course. Is this okay? But I think now that we're in a time where actually the thought process is so loud, like Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, that shit. I can't even. Like, first, so for the, the whole thing where she played an Asian character, yeah. fair enough, whatever. I mean,. People argued that in the comic book she looks white as that character. I don't know if that's true, but it just seemed really weird. Then she took on the role of a transgender man, I think, right? But then pulled out of it or something? She didn't pull out of it. So first... Well, she did eventually. I think first she, as far as I'm aware, made a statement about how the best actor got the part for the part blah 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 and then she pulled out of it and made a statement saying oh sorry i wasn't aware but apparently there recently was something else where she, she came said, out and said if i want to play a tree i oh, should yeah, be able yeah, to play exactly. a tree i should and be you're able like... to play everything if i want to play a tree and i'm like but you don't see other trees playing white <laughs> like, what a know? great role for a tree though get a big spruce in there be quite good. playing a housewife but like obviously you know what play a tree nobody's ever said yeah go fucking play, play a, a tree, tree scarlet play all the trees yeah what we're asking is don't play minority characters yeah that could be played by people in that minority who don't have a shot at mainstream roles because the world yeah. is as shitty as it is yeah and the hollywood is as narrow-minded as it is yeah. and as pigeonholed as it is and um, and you continuously see able-bodied people straight people cis people get oscars for playing roles yeah that are other people's lives yeah and it's like are we telling straight able-bodied cis people that they're being brave for living for money for two hours on a screen yeah the life other people actually live every day yeah. how patronizing is that yeah it makes me really really angry yeah and like the fact that she and i understand there's a hollywood bubble but then fucking poke your head out and go but, why and is this being said and the things that happened in the past in the asian character thing or whatever that happened with her like I, I understand people evolve and things happen. You go back and watch like Friends now, and you're like, "Holy shit, this yeah. is problematic." Yeah. I just went back and rewatched yeah. all of Dawson's Creek. Holy shit! Really? I've never watched it. Oh my god! I wa- I remember watching it at the time, never thinking anything. In the first episode, they're like, "Oh well, the town doesn't like 
Joey, the Katie Holmes, the lead lead character, because like her girl, her sister is pregnant with her black boyfriend, and it's all like, oh, and then when the grandmother starts dating this guy in the later in like season six or something, and they're like, well, she's just off dating some African American man, and do, and you're like, what the <laughs> fuck? It is just so weird, and I was just like. When you look back, or like Friends, Jesus. I remember watching an episode where Joey was learning how to ballroom dance with the super. Yeah. And he comes in and Monica goes, how was your dance class? Gay yet? And it goes, ha 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 ha. Yeah, Is yeah, that yeah, the yeah. joke? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is the punchline gay yet? Yeah. Like, what? Which happens so often, though, between Joey totally. and Joey. I love that show. And like... Um, oh, I hate it now. I like can I barely it's watch really it. It's really hard. And like, I skip like the one with the male nanny, I skip. The one with yeah. the ballroom thingy i skip the one where joey gets a purse i skip because they're just it doesn't so many, age well <laughs> it doesn't age well at all and it's so sexist and chauvinistic yeah and i love chandler's character and i love the relationship with chandler and joey i just hate that it always ends up when they hug too long they're like they have to go no homo basically yeah 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 and it's yeah. like that's why i love shows like scrubs or like um brooklyn 99 yeah where you've got these uh male friendships that are just, they're like, well, I don't give a fuck. And they just hug each other and love each other yeah. and show affection. And there doesn't need to be this thing of like, because like, this is the point is being gay is not a bad thing. Well, so that, no one has to point out they're not exactly. being gay. And it's the yeah. same thing in the same episode with friends. I think um, by the end, he really enjoys dancing. And the guy goes, hey, you can come with me. You know, my date has a friend. And he's like, oh, really? And then he's like, yeah, she's. Uh, you could dance with her great. She's got my body type. And Joey's yeah. like, nah, it's fine. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, that's also hilarious. You yeah. just want to dance with a fat girl. Like, yeah. And it's just this thing of like, how is this ever Or fat okay? Monica. How Monica's fat in every episode is just about her being like a piece of shit punchline. Yeah, yeah, And that yeah. now that she's been able to lose the weight and no longer be this grotesque person she can actually find love and be with Chandler or whatever they have a whole episode about how he never would have been with her if she would been like it's this I mean but that I mean that hey that's fucking life that is what it is I think also in the end he makes a point that he would have been but like from all the flashbacks you ever see with Chandler that probably would not no of course of course not of course not they try to bring it around at the end but no no way it's 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 so how when you go back and rewatch old shows and stuff you're like Jesus Christ like This is this is awful. Where it's like, or Frasier. I love that show, but the whole premise is built around. Did you ever watch that show? Nope. It, the whole premise is around these two men who the brothers, and they love the finer things in life. They love dining, wine, going yeah. to the opera, doing all these things, and they continuously get mistaken for being gay. And then oh, the, they'll walk in and they'll be like sipping sherry and like listening to opera. And the dad's like, oh God, not again. And he walks out and the whole joke is everyone kind of thinks they're these two gay brothers and whatever. Okay. And that's the continuous punchline. That's punch not line. funny. Like nowadays, but yeah. at the time. It, yeah. But like that was the time when I used the word gay as an insult mm-hmm. in school. Like it was that yeah, yeah, time yeah. coming up in the yeah. 90s. Yeah. That was not a question that being gay was something weird and not yeah. mainstream. Like, mm-hmm. it, I think, but like, now, thinking back about it now, it's like, how did that happen? But then you realize that this world wasn't actually, and like, it still isn't as progressive as we think, because I think we're in a bubble, especially as artists or especially in, in right. living in a big city. But like, the world hasn't been kind to people who weren't cis straight people yeah. for the longest time yeah and like it was it used to be okay and that that's one of the heartbreaking things like friends i think it's a great show and the writing is great but it's just 
it's aging so badly. Yeah. And, and I think rightfully so. Yeah. I mean, but, but it's good. Um, I mean, it's almost good to look back and go, this was the pinnacle of popularity. This was the most popular show yeah. that was on TV at the time. Yeah. And let's look at this. And this is the shit that gets embedded in you yes. that you don't even realize, yeah. right? So it's like, you know, the reason when you're younger, you're going, oh, that's so gay. You're making this. It's because it's literally on TV. It's yeah. in front of you. You're watching I mean, every gay week. Yet, it's yeah. literally the punchline Ex- exactly. of the joke, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's and that's that's one of the things that frustrates me so much because I still love friends. It's like that thing that relationship you can't let go of. Of course, like, oh no, I get so it. It's many, nostalgic. Like yeah, it's, it's given me so much, and like yeah. it's, it's like the friends that you have around when you don't actually want to talk to your real friends because you're having a bad day yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and like it can be so funny, but it also it must have been so damaging for people watching that weren't white, <laughs> that yeah. weren't straight. Uh, that weren't mildly wealthy, even though they pretend they have no jobs. I don't yeah, know exactly. how they exist. <laughs> yeah. um, like, how does Joey live then? He's never had a job, except that one time he did some... Days of Our Lives or whatever. Yeah, yeah but like, how does he... Like, does Chandler actually pay for everything? Yeah, they, oh, who he, fucking it's, knows? It's, it's, it's fucking weird. But like, it's also irrelevant because it was the fun thing. But then you have shows like the male with a male nanny or the fact that Joey has this person the world isn't ready for it yet yeah they shame each other into not doing things they like like they shame ross for being smart they yeah. shame joey for wearing stuff he shouldn't be wearing yeah, that's true they shame uh like you know when monica eats too much i'm pretty sure it gets mentioned yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and it's these things of like they shame each other to slot into society's yeah uh, little boxes and help reinforce them exactly mm-hmm. but it, it which is sort of it's very interesting and it is a my in a microcosm the way society works it's just sort of put together in yeah these of course because that's all art characters. is right typically yeah. it's society reflected back at itself yeah. so if you don't like what you're seeing well then it's all it's all like i honestly like it's my biggest fascination of people hate the kardashians yeah and i'm like but you've literally created them they are america Right? It's about consumerism, about all these things. But at the same time, yeah, they have all this plastic surgery and all this stuff. But it's a fucking matriarchal bunch of women who are run by this huge, strong matriarch. They are making millions, billions of dollars Mm. off America and their own consumerism. So, and it's a soup they're all about family they're all in like all these interracial relationships it's about being inclusive and so all of a sudden you're like i don't know is it is and their best friends are gay and whatever and there's all these people on the show and you're like is it that bad like i understand why people hate it yeah and i understand the superficiality of it and i understand all of those reasons but it is america reflected back at itself i think it's 100 percent made by the times like yeah they couldn't be where they are I was like Donald if Trump, right? He's a production, pe- or he's yeah. a product of the environment. It's the same thing of like, I think if Obama hadn't been president, Trump probably wouldn't have happened. Yeah. That's not Obama's fault. Right. But it's just that, you know, things beget things. Yeah. And the fact that there were people who felt so alienated during the Obama administration that they then sort of changed so drastically that they voted for Trump. Yeah. That means that there have been massives of people missed during the Obama administration. Yeah. So it can't have been, you know, we remember it now like this golden time, which I think on a global scale is probably true, but there must have been a tour in America all along, otherwise it wouldn't Well, America's always been... No, I can't... I mean, I saw a video on Facebook this morning posted by a friend of mine where... 
uh, Vancouver has a really big Asian population, mm-hmm. and uh, his his friend, I guess, was being a woman parked over the line and was like touching the girl's car. And she's like, "You parked over the line." And she's like, "Go back to where you came from," and made all these racial slurs against her. And you're like, "Fuck, man!" And even in Canada, we like to think we're sort of above it. We're yeah. definitely not. We're there's a lot of issues, but like it's just yeah, and it's just. I don't, even, I don't even know. Anyway, very not sex. We kept get, get going off of sex and going Paula, political. Going off of sex. But I, think, <laughs> I think it's just an interesting... And I think sex is political, isn't it? I think... Didn't anyone say... I don't know who said this. There's a quote saying, everything is about sex. No, wait. Hold on. No. Every, everything is about sex except sex. Sex is about power. Is that it? Oh, that's a good quote. I think that might be it. Yeah. Um... I don't know why I decided that was to do with politics, but politics is about power. So there you go. I don't know if that's how I uh, my brain works and that's yeah. how I got there. Yeah. But I think um, I think it's important to sort of figure out how the world came to where it is now, which is a place where you as a woman feel confident enough to go up on a stage yeah. and talk about sex. Yeah. I think that's just as relevant how we have as a society... Uh, slowly, I don't think it's as quick as people think or as open as people oh, think, of course. just like with everything else. Yeah. I think we're still suppressing women's sexuality very, very heavily. Yeah. Or we're allowing it. I think the parts that are allowed are the parts that are um, that you can fetishize most of the time. Yeah. That's how, whether it's, you know, I think gay women probably have. Uh, on TV you see them more often than gay men because I think there's a different ki- kind of fascination with gay women because the male gaze dictates a lot of what society right, does right. Um, and I think it's interesting to talk about the society we live in that empowers you to make the comedy you make right. but also that makes you want to make the comedy you make because yeah. I think there's a motivation behind it right? yeah yeah um, what would you say is your, if you go up on that stage, you talk about very personal things, you talk about sex, what, when you started out in comedy, what made you go, that's a topic that's important to me that I wanted to talk about? I just think it, you th- I think about like the best kind of comedy that I think exists out there is one that when you see someone on stage, it genuinely looks like they're just kind of talking in the mm-hmm. moment. And it looks almost conversational. And sometimes you get people who go up, go, do you go up there with nothing? Do you just kind of like think of stuff and go on tangents? Definitely does happen occasionally. But no, more often than not, it's like very rehearsed, very thought out. All the mm-hmm. lines are very, even like the pauses and laughter and all that are very thought out, right? But it's just thinking about, I don't know, I... I Like, even when I was in my 20s, I could not do the comedy I do today when Mm -hmm. I was in my 20s. I didn't start until I was 32. I was not confident enough in myself. My, I don't think my values were as fixed. Mm -hmm. But me saying, like, this is what I want to talk about just because it's like, this is everywhere. Like, when you go out for brunch or dinner or something with a friend, it's like, what are you talking about? You're talking about relationships and sex and things that have happened and all this stuff. And it's just... It is so all-consuming and all around us. But then when we on stage, what do you want me to go? You know, the weird thing about paper clips, <laughs> like who, like, okay, yeah, it might be cute and observational, but there are comics who do that observational comedy very, yeah. very well. Yeah. 
that, and I nothing to take away from them. I just think for me, I have always been someone who's been very interested in this and yeah. aspects. And I've always, even people I've worked with, we've talked about their sex lives with their husbands and yeah, yeah, yeah. all of these things. And I just get into it. I'm just, I'm just, there's some sort of, maybe I have like a weird fascination with it and my house is very sort of liberal with regards to it yeah. growing up and, and in Canada, like it's, it is taught in schools quite openly. And there was every Sunday night, there was a woman called, uh, she was a registered nurse. She had a show on every Sunday night and everyone watched it. It was called sex talk with Sue Johansson. And she was like a, I don't know, 65 year old, 70 year old nurse yeah. who would go on, be clinical, but talk about all these things. People would call up. Yeah. It was like a call in, but she was on the show. She have dildos and something like, Hey, this is how you use it. And this yeah, goes here. Yeah, and, yeah. and everyone grew up watching that and she would go and give talks and stuff and I remember my mom locking the doors and taking us for a car ride and be like so and talking about sex and we're like no and, but it was like <laughs> always this thing so it's always something that's been sort of like around and, and very always just sort of interested me and it because yeah. it is such a massive motivator yeah of why people do what they do and I think it's almost it's, everything in life yeah. yeah and it's so weird that like you could be with some people and they'll go over every little detail of like, oh, he texted me this and then he said this and this and this and this and this. And then you hear after they break up, oh, yeah, well, yeah, we didn't actually fuck for the last two years of our relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, why the fuck were we talking about your text? Yeah. <laughs> like, why weren't we talking about that? Jesus Christ. So I just feel like it's this whole big thing and that it's just like so healthy to talk about. Yeah. And that it makes everyone go like, oh, fuck, I'm not weird. I'm not yeah. abnormal. I'm not whatever. And I have all these thoughts and women have these thoughts and just as much as yeah. men and all of these things. And so it's just like, I am so, and even when I try to steer away from it going, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do a clean set. Like I submitted <laughs> something to BBC four and they basically were like, fuck off <laughs> as if we would ever put you on BBC fucking four. Which is great. But yeah, one yeah. of the reasons I love this country, because after the watershed hour, like I think 9 o'clock or whatever, 9 or 10 at night, anything goes. Yeah, yeah. And the panel says you can say whatever. That does not happen in Canada. Oh, really? Like, oh my God. No, no, no. Like, you could maybe say bitch on TV. You could never have the shit. You could never have naked attraction. You could never say the words they say. Fuck shit. No, no, no. So here and here, I don't know why British people love putting ugly fucking people on TV. Everyone's beautiful in their own right. I will say that. But I mean, conventionally, yeah. conventionally unattractive people, you know, not less attractive people. They are, they're totally down with it because they believe funny rules. Yeah. Whoever, whoever the funniest is gets on there who are most interesting, you know, smartest things to say. And there's obviously a lot of like, you know, conventionally attractive people on yeah. TV. But they are just like, they want entertainment. Yeah. And they're willing to do with it, whatever. And that was one of the reasons I'm like, I fucking love this place. I got to go over here. So you were looking at the British comedy scene and you thought that would be sort of place where you fit in more? Well, and I was thinking... Did Catherine... Uh, Catherine Ryan? Did she in any way influence <laughs> that decision? No, she. I mean, she's great. I think she's smart. Um, and I really admire what she did. She came over was a single mom and hustle took her kid to shows yeah, yeah, yeah. like it is fucking hard work being a single mother let alone doing it while you're in a male dominated room i can't imagine i've walked into green rooms before where men like don't even talk to you they won't introduce themselves to you they won't talk to you they go why are you oh, wow. why are you here and you're like i'm one of the comics oh okay oh wow yeah oh yeah yeah that's so hot ha- like it happens all the time but then you go out and you fucking destroy them on stage and you go why don't you suck my dick how yeah, about that yeah, yeah. and that's the best feeling but i can only imagine what it was like for her but i was 
there's sort of a, a ceiling with how far you can go in Canada. It's sure. just not a big country. We don't have that many people. It's very spread out. It's a massive surface wise. Like it's a massive country, yeah. but then, and, but we only have the same population as like California. Right. So okay. it's very spread out over almost the entire size of the U S but it's like only, you know, whatever. So yeah. there's sort of a ceiling. And when comics reach a certain level there, they either move to the States or move to the UK. Okay. And, and I thought if I come over here, not only I like how it goes, I can come over here. I think it'll be like, there's a lot of comedy over here. People revere comedy over here. They really do see it as an art form. Mm. Edinburgh is very highly regarded. Uh, there's a lot of comics on TV. There's a lot of opportunities. So I was like, why don't I see and, and treat this like a boot camp and put myself out of my comfort zone and do things that I'm not, you know, used to date people in a different country. Mm-hmm. Date. It's one of the most, if not the most multicultural city in the world. Like, this is perfect, right? Put myself in a situation that takes everything away from me, all yeah. of sort of the creatures. I mean, I'm still in like a fucking first world English speaking country, so I'm not yeah, yeah, yeah. not pretending here that I'm not, <laughs> but take away all these things and then put myself up for the challenge of doing it. And I think it'll make me and my comedy better. Mm-hmm. And it has for sure. That sounds really cool. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. I didn't realize that it wasn't it, there was sort of glass ceiling to it in Canada but like thinking about it it makes sense yeah when you think about population etc and all the big comics have to sort of leave and then when they come back they go oh you're back yeah, and then yeah, they'll yeah. become famous but if you just come up in Canada and stay there people go oh well they're Canadian famous oh right okay yeah 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 you've not yeah. made it yet exactly um, what do you remember your first joke about sex do you remember what it was about what inspired you <laughs> it was awful it was I just <laughs> I just talked about this the other day. I was on a show called Antique Jokes and they talk about you where you go up and you bring old material that you don't do anymore or your very first sort of set and people go up there with jokes and it's basically, you know, the jokes are going to be awful, but it's everyone's in on the joke and you're like, oh God, these are going to be bad. Vintage. Exactly. (laughs) And you're looking at them and you're reading them and you're like, oh God, that was terrible. And the audience loves it because you're just like, oh, that's so shit. But one of my first jokes was about like. I can't remember exactly the premise, but it was something along the lines of how I want sex when I go on a date, but I also pay so much to get like waxed and put on makeup and get ready and everything that I'm like the John and the whore. <laughs> it's something like that. It's a shitty joke, <laughs> but it's something along it's those so lines. It's bad. It's almost like a terrible dad joke. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, just yeah. like, oh, I don't know why I thought. And I think I probably used it once on stage. Yeah. Did and it then. Work? I mean, you know, did it work? Uh, ish. It worked at like the open mic that I did it at, yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah. that's too. I a guess few it's other... a joke that gets you noticed, isn't it? Like it's very crude. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, like that. And maybe that's just because that's just where I go normally. Like I, I talk a lot about that with. I just talk about sex a lot with friends and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, So it wasn't something weird for me to talk It just felt really natural for me to talk about, like, talk about what you know, okay? There you go. I think, but that's, like, I think that's the same reason I have the podcast and, like, I've always talked about sex. And when you, growing up in Canada, the way you explained it, I think, reminded me of myself. Like, it was never something, uh, like, we didn't necessarily talk about it at the dinner table, but it was never, like, a yeah. taboo in my house. Yeah. Um, we had, in Germany... I don't think that was still happening when I was a kid, but um, way before there was a, a lady who was a sex specialist and like she would do the same. She oh, would okay. take calls and yeah. like, explain to the nation about sex. Yeah. And I think that happened, 
I don't know, 70s, 80s, that kind of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I was uh, little, we had like a youth magazine that had like the pop stars on the front. And then in the middle, there were um, two pages with something called the Dr. Summer Team. And that was basically a fictitious doctor that would like answer teenagers' questions about yeah, sex and masturbation. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Very and, similar. Um, uh, and there were two naked teenagers in the magazine. Oh shit! That uh, was not similar. <laughs> that uh, that that, uh, that were ha- like allowing the magazine to take pictures of themselves. So you sort naked of naked every... teenagers. I think there were probably sixteen upwards. I'm not sure how that's legal. Yeah, I'm is that not child few... porn? Uh, apparently not in Germany. I don't know how. Anything works. goes in Germany. If they've taught us one thing. They're up for almost anything. But it wasn't, I guess, it wasn't pornographic. I'm not sure yeah. how, because it was literally just two teenagers standing there. I'm sure they weren't all 18. Um, I don't think any of them was, was under the age of 16, so I don't know how pornography right, laws right, work right, right, in right. Germany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but basically the point was they did a bit of an interview about the first time, about masturbation, about whatever, and you saw any kind of body type. Yeah. And it was really interesting. Like oh, you saw yeah. Bigger girls, smaller girls. Interesting. Guys with different penis sizes yeah. and shapes, different vulvas, different breasts. Yeah. So, like, and that was kind of what teenagers would buy. Like, every Wednesday you'd buy it. Yeah. Like, who's in the, like, what totally. are they talking about this week? So interesting. And so it was never, to me, talking about sex was never weird. Yeah. Or, like, talking about masturbation. I always wanted to talk about it. I always wanted to know more about it. Yeah. It always seemed really interesting. So I think it was a bit of a culture shock when I came here and people are, like, very... Uh, like it's not on telly like again I think in Germany we I don't know if we have a rule when you're allowed to see naked people on TV or not and I think like anything goes I don't think we have I don't think there's a time like a curfew when you're not allowed to say fuck or something right right um, right so it was always and like I'm pretty sure there's a like a margarine commercial with a naked woman in it like <laughs> but at least like most shapes were I don't know if you saw like definitely I'm sure you saw a butt and like you might not have seen the front, but oh it was god, enough. yeah, that would no, that would only be on like after a certain the raunchy time on the raunchy channel, commercial. yeah, 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 <laughs> and that would never be allowed on. No, that's really interesting. Yeah, but I think it's like anything, right? Where it's like in North America, a big thing is like drinking age, and drinking mm-hmm. age in Canada is nineteen, in uh, the states, in most provinces, it's nineteen or maybe eighteen. Uh, in the States, it's 21. And they hold it off and hold it off and hold it off. And then these kids go to college and they're like, bah! They and they go nuts. fucking yeah, yeah, nuts. Yeah, yeah. And they binge drink and they go insane. And they consume it and they don't know how to handle it. Whereas like yeah. over in Europe, it's much more relaxed. You grow up with it. It's not this big thing. So then when kids are like, quote unquote, allowed to drink, they're like, yeah. We've done I've been that. drinking wine with my parents <laughs> yeah. since I was 12. Like, yeah, it's not... Yeah, yeah. And so it's like sex. It's the same thing. If you grow up and it's this big, like, oh, oh don't talk about it, don't talk about you. By the time it kind of hits you, you go, what is this thing that has been kept under lock and key? Yeah, yeah, I want to yeah. fucking go nuts on it right now. Yeah. And I think but there's also, a, maybe I don't know a little what bit I'm of... doing because no one's ever taught me about it. Yeah. Really, which is yeah. sort of the issue. And getting the misinformation from yeah. all the wrong places, exactly. like Reddit and porn and... Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure stuff. Reddit is, I don't know if it's Reddit great for sex. I don't have any I'm idea. sure there's subreddits on everything. Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think, yeah, I think that's one of the things why the open conversation is so important, that we teach children they're normal and it's yeah. fine and we, you know, teach them how to protect themselves. Like the whole condom thing, why that is even a discussion. I think Yeah. just teach people what the point of a condom is beyond 
you don't want to make a baby. Well, like, that's and a lot of like you know cis hetero men think it's like well if you're on the pill then we don't need to con. Well, exactly. okay, it's a and lot it's like, more well, than that's that. That's not what it, like how it works. And obviously, in um, when someone with a penis has sex with someone with, with a vagina, the one with a penis is less likely to get an STI. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that number one you can't, and also, do you know if you're clean if you do this a lot? Like, exactly, how do you get tested? Do you do the porn star thing where it's every fourteen days? Yeah. Also, like, not even that obviously works if you've had sex with someone who is not clean one day after the test. Then nothing means exactly. anything anymore exactly. in the first place. Like, there's so many little things where people are like, eh, you know, I mean, I don't always have have them wear a condom, and I'm like, why? Like, what is this one night, is it worth so much? Because I think women are taught, uh, specifically with women, they're taught like, oh, like, it's too, it's don't why. make a fuss. Yeah, you don't want to make a fuss. You don't want to kick up a fuss. It's why sometimes, like, men, you know, it's the Aziz Ansari thing, right, that happened where it's like, he yeah. genuinely, I think, thought he had, like, a fine encounter yeah. with that woman, and she didn't, and she felt pressured, and he even was apologetic in the e- in the text afterwards and stuff, I think. And, and I'm not saying he's, like, forgiven for everything he's ever done or whatever. I don't know. Whatever. But I think men don't realize how much we're told to be a certain way. Yeah. Or just be so agreeable. Yeah. And not kick up a fuss because... And like I just they just don't get it so kicking up a fuss like if you're in a position where you're vulnerable I've definitely been in positions where like a man has been on top of me and I'm like holy fuck and I thought like he's really strong and big yeah he could fucking do whatever he wants to me right now if he wanted to kill me or rape me or do whatever yeah he's fully in the position to do so and I don't think men think that those are our thoughts and if yeah. I go no I want you to wear a condom my thought might be if I say that he might beat the shit out of yeah. me rape me anyway yeah. without a condom and do whatever and those are genuine yeah. thoughts running through our mind in a moment where you're hooking up with a man you just had a nice date with. Yeah. And I think that's it's like so hard for them to wrap their head around that that they just don't get it. And how can we get them to get I don't know that they ever will. It's just like they will never really understand the experience of a woman. Just like I will never understand the experience of like a person of color because I can understand it to a degree. Sure. But because I will never be able to live it, I don't really get it. Yeah. And I think that's part of the problem about how we fix that. I don't know. I think it's it's difficult to close the gap, but I think it is also, I think it has a lot to do with open conversation. It has a lot to do with language around sex. I think um, getting a girl into bed, those kinds of things, making it less of a hunt and more of an understanding that it's a mutual agreement between two adults. An ongoing mutual, yeah. Exactly. That has to be checked into. So one uh, occurrence doesn't mean that it sets a precedent. The fact that you know, you've paid for the meal doesn't mean your date owes you anything. Yeah. The fact that you're together in bed and naked and about to begin doesn't mean it has to happen. Yeah. Like, no, the, the fact that there is this kind of idea that you owe someone something, whatever the gender is, as soon as certain steps have been held yeah. in. And I think the other thing for, um, I guess in your situation, a cis female with a cis male, yeah, there's just physical difference between those bodies that yeah. just mean that without a force uh, without help of a weapon one of the two of you can kill the other yeah that's an incredible uh, inequality within a situation yeah that might not be factored in by the stronger person by the weaker person in quotation marks or physically weaker or whatever it is um we've been taught by the news that it's 
not unlikely or impossible yeah. that bad things happen to us. And statistically, obviously, you know, the, the issues in, in trans relationships and gay relationships, uh, domestic violence and violence is always a problem. But if you look at what's widely reported, yeah. it's that women are attacked by men. Yeah. Um, and I think we are taught... I had someone on the podcast before when we talked about consent and about an experience where you know she felt like she couldn't say no to certain things mm -hmm. and she said as a woman i've always been taught to be nice yeah not to make a fuss not to make men angry because yeah. that's a very unhealthy thing to do yeah um not to say no uh be polite whether yeah. it's in life or in, yeah. a, in a conversational relationship with a man so how in bad like with the Aussie Sansari situation yeah how am I suddenly supposed to be able to say a clear no Yeah. and give that verbal... And we're not talking about situations. Obviously, there are situations where no is said and someone goes beyond that. But if we're just looking at, at grey areas or yeah. areas of, um, you know, how can you make people communicate? I think giving women and people in general the tools to actually say no so very clear yeah. that someone doesn't have to read the signals, even though I think reading the signals is important and yeah. you should always check in whether the other person yeah. wants it or not like yeah. subtly do something that makes you sure the other person wants to be there because that's important yeah but i think give women or give people the tools to say no in a way that is strong and and you know give them the tools in life to practice what needs to go over into dating yeah exactly um and the other thing is I think toxic masculinity is a real thing. Oh, fuck yeah, think, it is. Um, I think there's this quote, women, uh, men are scared of being humiliated and women are scared of being killed. Yeah. And it's this thing of, you don't want to humiliate a man. Yeah. You don't want to make them angry. You're already in a vulnerable spot yeah. by being alone with them. Yeah. Um, there just needs to be this understanding that rejection isn't something you can kill people for right yeah fuck. you know what i mean like it's yep. so insane but it's just you don't no one owes you their exactly. pussy like no one exactly. owes you anything no and i think that's like entitlement to that exactly and i think and you know even the movies we grew up on of like you know where a man gets rejected but then he hunts and hunts and hunts and hunts and begs and persists yeah. and persists and persists and then he wins and then they go oh okay so that's how you do it exactly you can't stalking. take their no doesn't mean no <laughs> yeah, and stalking exactly. yeah and doing all that and in my case like the opposite almost happens sometimes where i am you know everyone who they are i think i'm very similar to who i am on stage mm -hmm. in real life it is of course a more amplified exaggerated version of the person i am yeah so, but when I come off and men hear me being very aggressive and sexual and whatever on stage, some of the comments I get are fucking disgusting. Right. And some of the things that they think then, so then if I go out on a date with them, they go, oh, I've that, seen some of your what, videos. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, who yeah. I am. Where I'm like, no. Like, I mean, that is a character. Almost like, I mean, it is, I am the same person on stage and I believe everything I say. Yeah. But doesn't you know it's it's, it fi it's a that fine line shows up to a date and the other re thing is and i think i've had this before i've talked you know i sat at the table and talked about a kink i have and then suddenly um one of the guys that we hadn't even flirted or anything he sort of grabbed my ass and then kissed me and i didn't mind because i was attracted to him right but put that in a different context yeah of course yeah and there was this assumption that i'd be up for something yeah because of me verbalizing very openly what i like yep. And that situation could very quickly have been very uncomfortable of course. If, the, if the constellation would have been different. Yeah. Um, 
and it's this thing of like no matter if it's a character on stage or whether you're very loud at a at, in a pub about the stuff you like and the stuff you do yeah it never means you want to do it with everyone <laughs> yeah exactly yes i think that's yeah. important to point no that's 100 percent true yeah uh, yeah and i think you're not that person all of the time yeah and i don't think anyone is sort of one yeah i think it just there's this misinterpretation that people are one dimensional right yeah. like if you know uh, anyway yeah just one dimensional people and people just aren't they're just so much more to people so you can't just kind of assume and there's been a thing that's been told to me many times on stage even with other male comedians where they love male comics look at me on stage or look at powerful women on stage or great female comics and they go that's fucking awesome yeah but then as soon as they step off stage they want them to go back to being a woman but yeah they yeah, want yeah, them yeah. to go back to be in the green room be the polite one grab us the coffee do whatever and it's tr- on stage they support you being that person on stage but off stage they don't always that's interesting. and How that's like- not all comics but yeah, yeah, i'm yeah. saying i've experienced it and it, it's very interesting and it sort of goes back to the societal default of like yeah. you've done your thing yeah but now be normal again yeah, yeah so yeah. that we can be comfortable in yeah. our roles that we've been cast or comics being like you're cool i've seen your comedy is this is this such a weird joke and then they tell me some horrific rape joke and i'm like what and then everyone's laughing and i'm like what do you want me to say to this right now yeah i either totally emphatically disagree which i do because i just can't help myself or (laughs) and i appear like this really like conti like somebody doesn't have a good sense of humor like oh come on take a joke like she's one of those and then i'm not one of the boys who then they're like why do we want to book her again because she's not cool to hang out with or whatever or I go along with it and sort of silently agree, which is not okay either, because it's not no, fucking but, okay. Yeah, but you kind of have to play the game. Yeah. And and that's like a real problem. I think that's a real Constantly problem. Constantly having to evaluate and make these yeah. decisions is what the luxury of not having to do that is something that men neglect. Yeah. Men take, or I don't know what the word is. But take for granted. Take for granted. Yeah. Yes. And it's, and it's just this, I think, and that's where it comes in, I think, where comedy can help and just being who you are can help. Yeah. For everyone, and um, this bridging the gap of how obviously, if you've had a certain privilege all your life, you probably don't go looking for people who don't have that same privilege because why would you? That makes no sense, right? But I think once it's been pointed out, you know, rather than getting defensive, again, no one is trying to take anything away, yeah. But um, there is this famous quote, I should start. I feel like you were like, yeah, you should have like a big quote box. People who quote stuff. (laughs) But I think think to people who've lived with privilege all their life, equality feels like... uh, Maybe a step back or something. Yeah, exactly. I feel like I've heard something like that, yeah. Um, I'm going to try and put this in the show notes. Yeah, great. Like, quote it to the... attribute it to the right person yeah but i think that's the thing if yeah. you've been on a pedestal all your life and then suddenly people are like we'll leave you on that pedestal but we'll just put another one over yeah. here and then put other people on it then suddenly you go but like why this is not my pedestal yeah. what are you doing and i think that's it get people out of their comfort zones and kindly make them aware of their privilege i think it, yelling doesn't help i think comedy I, I think comedy because what comedy does is it puts people at ease yeah it gets them to just relax yeah and then they start listening and then when they're in that relaxed listening state you can get have more access to them because exactly. they're not on the defensive and you're not because attacking. they're used to having a good you're show showing. and you're not attacking yeah. i mean i have seen comics go up there and just like 
attack and be really aggressive and you're like, oh, and you see the men in the crowd just shut down or certain yeah. people. I've seen comics of color go up and just go, fucking white people, blah, blah, blah. And people go, what the fuck? And then you see people in the crowd and I'm just like, you do whatever, whatever your comedy yeah. is, you do it. But I'm like, there's a... I think you need to be mindful of, like, how it's being interpreted by your audience, whoever yeah. that is. And I... And not everyone is for everyone, right? And not every comic on what can you speak want. to everyone. Maybe and yeah, it depends what you want out of it. A conversation, yeah. but they're interested in having the rant that they yeah, or, and they want or it more as like a monologue that they've always stuff. held. Yeah, yeah, totally. Maybe that's part of their healing process is to go actually fuck off and listen. Yeah, or don't listen. Yeah, you know. And, and who I, knows? I mean, I'm not right. I'm not saying I don't know what's what. And yeah, I'm sure my comedy will evolve and change as I grow as a performer and the more experience I have. Um, but yeah, for right now. You know, despite my greatest efforts, sex and relationships seems to be what it's all about. Amazing. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. This is, really fun. This is um, great. On this note, uh, are you playing anywhere anytime soon? Lots. When is this coming out? Because <laughs> I have lots. I have just lo- If you want to come see me, the best thing to do is follow me on Instagram. That's probably easiest. That's the easiest thing to do. So What's your uh, Instagram? my Instagram is it's so obnoxious. It's at underscore the underscore is first okay. i know it's revolting i hate it myself underscore kate baron b-a-r-r-o-n uh-huh. uh or if you go to my website katebaron.ca or katebarroncomedy.com i have lists of shows there cool. and they have shows coming up and you can access all my social media and and on Amazing. twitter it's like kate underscore baron but yeah all that if you basically look up kate baron comedy you will see me everywhere hawking my shit and trying to sell out in the best way that I can. That's it's not what we all do. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. This thank is very you. Fun. This um, is awesome. Uh, maybe one day we'll come back together. Yeah. We'll do more sex talk. Yeah, and we'll, I'll but, be like, no, my thing is totally changed. I strictly joke I about the Amazon Christian, on fire. Oh yeah, oh, I only do Christian comedy. <laughs> I'm a Christian comic, do clean. Sometimes I'll get messages from people and they go, oh, we're doing a woman's event. Everyone's over 60. It's going to be in a church basement in an afternoon. Could you come do 45 minutes? And I was like, I couldn't if I had a gun to my head. I like, wouldn't even wouldn't know what to say. Interesting, though. Like, have they seen your stuff? Do you so, think they are looking uh, for yeah. open-minded uh, I don't, I don't know what they I want. Know. I just uh, respectfully decline okay. and say, maybe yeah, look into these other clean everything. comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They might not know what they're getting into. Yeah, they'd be horrified. Like, <laughs> horrified. I've seen older people in the crowd go, oh my god. But also, sometimes older people will, will shock you. That's what I mean. Yeah. I'm sure there might be some dirty old lady sound They've there seen it all. Like, They've I done want, it all. I want, what's, the com- what's funny about this? I need more su- sex jokes. I've spent the last hundred years getting spit roasted by two dudes. So, they're fine with that. Exactly. <laughs> oh, grandmothers. Okay. Uh, well, thank you very much. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, the music you hear now and the beginning of the podcast is by the amazing Jacob Welding thank you very much Um, I'm back next Thursday with more exciting stuff and uh, 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 now I need food so (laughs) see you guys